This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Father Rich Days talks about holiness on the farm. What is life like on a Kansas farm? How can farming help us grow closer to God? Well, let's find out. Father Rich is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. Let's go back to talking with Father Richard Days, talking about obtaining holiness on the farm. I noticed that the theme was uh, holiness is not for wimps. Yep. And uh, definitely farming in western Kansas is not for wimps. <laughs> yeah. My grandfather homesteaded our farm in 1886. He came out from a little town near St. Joe, Missouri with his cousin, and the two of them had adjoining quarters that they, so they built a little shack right in the middle so they were both on their own property, and that's how they spent the first year or two. And I, I asked my aunt, because I, in studying history, I knew that the winter of 1886 and 1887 was one of the worst on the Great Plains. So I said, how did those two guys survive? Yeah. She said, well, I don't know. She said, Dad never said, and we never thought to ask him. So I wow. still wonder, how could those two guys in the middle of nowhere yeah. survive that terrible winter? But they yeah. did, and they thrived. So you know there had to be a few prayers that were said during that winter for both of them to get, get by okay. Uh, my parents were married. I'm a product of a great uh, fantastic family planning. My folks had four older kids. My sister was the baby. She's 20 years older than I am. Yeah. So they mar- got married in 1925. So they started having kids about the time the Great Depression and the Dirty 30s hit. Yeah. So I know, well, knowing my parents, they were very religious, yeah. but had they had to be to get through that. Um, my dad found it. He had asthma and emphysema, which... Um, He found a job out near uh, Steamboat Springs, Colorado, which the climate was a little better. My mom stayed on the farm here uh, north of Canarado, Kansas, with four little kids. And uh, I marvel at how she was able to do that. But one of the richest guys in the county came out. He knew Dad wasn't around, so he said, "Um, I'd like to buy that mule. And Mom looked at him square in the eye and said, Mr., you don't have enough money to buy that mule. Now, here's a poor woman with four little kids, knowing they don't probably have enough except for what they raise on the farm for their next meal. And she's telling this guy to take his money and get off the place. So it was really – that takes a lot of faith and a lot of uh, confidence in order to be able to do something like that. Yeah. But – uh, it was amazing. I thank God that I was grew up on a farm. It was a wonderful experience. Uh, I'd say uh, we would have our religious education. The sisters would come to Goodland for two weeks every summer. And so I'd stay with my sister and my brother-in-law in town, and I wondered, what in the heck town kids do? There's nothing to do. Well, there is. They get in trouble. That's what happens. And yeah. so I was so thankful I grew up on a farm. Yeah. Uh, my best friends were my... Uh, 4-H pigs, our baby calves, and uh, the other animals that we had out there. I had a dog, and I raised a couple of bum lambs while I was growing up. So Mm -hmm. it was a wonderful experience. And uh, the good Lord uh, definitely looked after us, and I'm very thankful for it. So the other thing, too, is you think about it. Everybody says there's nothing in western Kansas. Well, there is if you know where to look. Okay. And, for instance, if you've had a rough day, 
God gives us some of the most beautiful sunsets in yeah. the whole world. Yeah. Now, I've been in Hawaii. I've seen some beautiful sunsets over the Pacific. Okay. I was in the Sinai, so I've seen some beautiful sunsets in the desert. Yeah. But western Kansas holds its own with all of them. Yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, looking out over, what, a wheat field or a oh, corn yeah. field and just seeing the sun come down, you know, behind it. You know, it really doesn't doesn't get more beautiful than that. No, it's an amazing experience. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, so. yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. So we are talking again with Father Richard Days. And so, you know, Farmers, you know, they, they rely heavily on God in many areas, weather, crops, nourishment of cattle, etc. So how stressful is um, farming and how can farmers learn to rely on God even in difficult times? It, uh, it all depends, but it can be very stressful. For instance, we have no control over the weather. Yeah. And we also have no control on something may happen that your pasture doesn't come up. Well, how are you going to take care of your cattle for yeah. the whole summer? Yeah. And then there's a delivery of calves yeah. or pigs or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes that's very difficult. As a veterinarian, I had some experience. In fact, baby calves are probably the reason I became a veterinarian. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> you, there is difficulty in delivering those as well. Yeah. And when you're 25 miles out in the country, you kind of hesitate to call the veterinarian out because he's going to charge a mileage then plus what work he's done. So you, you, wait, uh, you almost wait too long. In fact, uh, after I became a veterinarian, that was one of my criticisms I had of farmers. If they'd have called me earlier, it would have been an easy job, but they wait till the last minute, and uh, both me and mom are having a difficult time to get deliver that baby. Mm -hmm. So that is something that we, uh, I imagine most farmers pray. I know I certainly did when I was trying to deliver some of those babies. Uh, but the weather, we have no control over it. Crops, sometimes there are diseases in crops. Sometimes just the time that you plant can throw a whole crop off and your harvest doesn't come in like you mm -hmm. are hoping it would. Yeah. And the nutrition of cattle, we already mentioned the pastures. But also if you're raising corn for to cattle in the feedlot, or if you're raising sorghums to feed the livestock, the roughage. All of those things depend on, one, your ground, or your water, and also the weather. Yeah. And uh, I remember in one instance, a lady was telling us about, uh, she was a, uh, one of the sisters of St. Joseph, was on our uh, St. Isidore's Day as part of the Catholic rural life. And she was telling the bishop when she grew up, they had a beautiful field of wheat. And her dad was feeling so proud and everything. That night they got a hailstorm that just completely flattened his wheat field. The next week a tornado went through and tore out their entire home. Yeah. And so they had to have a lot of faith to just pick up and continue on. That would be enough to give anyone, uh, I mean it was discouraged, even the most optimistic person. But they didn't, they, st they stood their ground, they started rebuilding and they planted wheat again next year. Mm. So. Mm. And that's what it's it's a, not for wimps by any means. And but yet the holiness and our faith in God and also our devotion to God will play a big role in all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just the, the beauty. I mean, a wheat field. Oh, my goodness. That's my favorite. You know, we live out in the, the country. We don't have a farm, but but we do have, right. you know, farms, you know, that we look out our front door to, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's just the beauty of the, the wheat fields are that's my favorite, my personal favorite. And, you know, the, the sun setting over those wheat fields. is Well, just not beautiful. only that, it's almost like an ocean of, of uh, yellow when you 
drive by and the wind's blowing through and you see yeah. all these waves going. Yeah. Um, I, uh, when I was ordained, I was ordained at the cathedral in uh, Salina. But my mass of Thanksgiving was Our Lady of Perpetual Help out in Goodland. Yeah. So all the people came, and I, I tell this, they came from all over the world because one of my friends was a retired Air Force uh, officer, and he'd retired with his wife in the Philippines. He came to my ordination. So these people were driving, and uh, as they, they all commented uh, how beautiful the wheat was because it looked like an ocean of yellow when they drive along mm-hmm. Interstate 70s, mm-hmm. seeing all those waves go through. So, yeah, yeah, truly beautiful. And, yeah. and then the sunsets and the the stars at night, you know, you don't really get to enjoy God's beauty more than when you're on a farm. That's true. Uh when I was in Hawaii, they would always talk about, okay, we're going to have a meteor shower tonight, or these planets are in line, and I'd get up at 2 in the morning to see them, and it'd be raining. So, But out in western Kansas, I mean, you can see almost the entire Milky Way. It is so beautiful. And if there is a falling star or a meteor, I mean, it stands out like uh, – more beautiful than anything you can think of. It's just an amazing thing. And a full moon at night on the the Great Plains is one of the most beautiful things you can ever imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. Really, really beautiful. So, Father, what else do we want to talk about? You know, the, the next question, recent data from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention indicated that farmers are twice as likely as people in other occupations to die by suicide. Wow, I did not know that. So why is this and how can we as a society get those statistics down? Well, a lot of this is because of the debt that a lot of the modern farmers are in. When you consider that a tractor costs more than some of the most expensive homes mm. in, in Hayes, mm. and, and that's just one piece of equipment that he has. So that's a lot. And then if all of a sudden, if you have, like we mentioned uh, uh, previously, about a hailstorm going through, it's very stressful. Yeah. And unless they have a deep faith and, uh, and go to Mass on a regular basis and their f- family is deeply involved with their religion, uh, it can be very discouraging. And it's very difficult to provide encouragement in a situation like that if they don't have faith. Yeah. So this is probably one reason. When I was, uh, shortly after I was ordained, uh, a, uh, ordained, shortly after I graduated as a veterinarian, I went to a, a national meeting, and they were talking about the health care in the healthcare professions. And at that time, dentists were the most likely to commit suicide of any of the mm-hmm. professions. Recently, they said, uh, and veterinarians were least likely. And yeah. I thought, well, shoot, we got the human-animal bond going for us. We got grown outside a lot. So yeah. I said, there's a gall of good things. The most recent data I heard, veterinarians are the most likely to commit suicide of really? any health care uh, provider. And that I, I didn't know, and I haven't, I haven't researched it enough to know why that is. Yeah. But I imagine it's very similar to what the uh, farmers are. They have a lot of debt. And if they, uh, if something happens, uh, it can be very discouraging because you're not being able to pay off that debt. Yeah. So. Yeah. I wonder why dentists. Well, let's face it. Nobody likes to go to a dentist. <laughs> That's true. That is. True. I mean, I don't even think dentists like to go to a dentist. So yeah. Yeah. I think that was probably at that time. 
But now dentists have gotten into a lot of preventive medicine as well. So it's not the same as it used to be. You went in and you knew you were going to have to have a tooth pulled or you're going to have to have false teeth or something like that. Now there's a lot of preventing medicine in it. And so I think their attitude of people going to the dentist is a lot more improved. And also their outlook on their profession. I mean, I imagine all of them could really enjoy dentistry or they wouldn't have gone into it. Yeah. But uh, – in the past, I know when I was growing up, nobody really wanted to go to a dentist, but it wasn't so much preventing dentistry. It was uh, corrective dentistry. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what can farmers do? You know, with this, this uh, you know, tremendous statistic about increased suicide, what can farmers do to create a spiritual routine to stay close to God? Well, uh, talking with my hat as a priest, I can tell them they need to pray quite a bit. But remembering back when I was driving a tractor, um, and it was a lot more intensive than what it is now, I rode around with a young man who's doing our, doing the farming on our place, and he, he turns the tractor around, he presses a button, and then he starts watching the gauges for what how much fertilizer's going in and everything. Yeah. I had to watch the what I was driving. Uh, GPS takes over and they drive that tractor for him. I'd have to completely learn to drive all over again. Yeah. But while I was out on the dry, on the tractor, uh, a lot of times I was out there before 6 in the morning. So at 6 o'clock, I would say uh, the uh, a morning prayer uh, and the Angelus. And then at noon, I usually uh, would either say the Angelus before I went in for lunch or yeah. right afterwards. Yeah. And then in the evening... Usually my brother would come out and relieve me about 8 in the evening. So all three times I was out on the tractor, so I would try and say the Angelus. Um, As you heard us talking about the radio, I didn't get a radio until about the last two years that I was still at home driving tractor. Before that, I would say a rosary. Now, and I hope God could hear because the tractor was pretty loud, but I'm Mm -hmm. sure he heard my rosary that I was saying. Mm So you can, a lot of times... On the farm, a lot of this is you're by yourself. So you yeah. can pray a lot of these different prayers. Yeah. Um, and then also there are families that uh, I know of that when they wake up in the morning, the husband and wife, while they're still in bed, will say a morning prayer together. Yeah. Or they will say a prayer at the breakfast table with the kids before they go off to school. Yeah. So I think having that prayer background really helps a great deal. Yeah. And then also, like I said, looking out to what we have, a clear blue sky at night with all the stars or a beautiful full moon or the uh, sunset on the western Kansas. I mean, those, you've got to believe in God when you see something like that. So I think that helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty to be discouraged about, yeah. but our good Lord gives us a little boost every now and then for encouragement yeah. as well. Yeah, isn't that so true? It seems like, you know, when, you know, if we're paying attention, if we can can possibly right. get past ourselves and, and and pay attention, you know, the Lord will really speak to us and give us some encouragement. Whether it's, you know, like for me, I think often early in the morning, I get, right. you know, when I'm first waking up, that's when the thoughts come into my mind that I, I'm convinced most of the time, not all the time, but I think most of the time. Those are those are really you know answers to many of the the prayers and the things that I've I've really been challenged challenged with, but other times too you know the, or through another person maybe right. through Father Days or through our friend or you know whatever we get those little encouragements along the way if we're paying attention and 
I have yet to meet very many farm families that aren't uh, very thankful when a mm. rainstorm comes, mm. yeah. especially in western Kansas. Yeah. Um, they almost seem like they're a, 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 a forgotten uh, event. But the good Lord send it, as everyone says, the good Lord will send us rain when we need it. And I said, well, I think we need it now, but maybe yeah. he has different opinion different. about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We so, don't understand the ways of God, do we? No. You know, some, you know. Sometimes we just need to suffer a little bit, you know. Well, we've, um, I think in western Kansas, like we said, it's, farming is not for wimps. And yeah. I think there are a lot of people have suffered quite a bit. But with their faith, it makes their faith stronger. Yeah. So that's probably helps a great deal as well. Yeah. So. Well, that's really, really good. I, I really, you know, there's so many things, you know, and, and we all have to be grateful to farmers because, you know, we would not, uh, we wouldn't have what we have. We wouldn't have all the, the food on our table if that's it wasn't for true. farmers. So, so we all have to be praying for farmers as well. So yeah. we'll make sure today that we, that we pray for a farmer. We need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. Holiness on the Farm with Father Rich Days will be right back. We're back on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture. Holiness on the Farm. Father Rich Days. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. Okay, so we've talked about how to, you know, to change our spiritual routine so that we stay close to God. We've talked about um, just the difficulty of being a farmer and some of the things that go with that. So does the Bible talk about farming? Oh, gosh, yes. I went, uh, did some checking. I've got over 100 sources in the, of, of where the Bible mentions farming. You already mentioned in the book of Genesis it was yeah. tells about so pretty much it tells that the original man that God created was to be a farmer because he was to take care of that garden. And then Noah, he planted a vineyard, and of course he sampled the wine that he had as well. But one of the most colorful prophets in the Old Testament was the prophet Amos. And Amos admitted that he was just a shepherd and a farmer of fig trees. Yeah. But he was called by God to deliver a very important message to a nation that had forgotten its spiritual roots. And then in the book of Ruth, it says that uh, she was to stay close to uh, wherever her mother-in-law went, wherever thou goest, I will go. And she married Boaz, who was also a farmer. Yeah. Ecclesiastes, farmers who wait for the perfect weather to plant never get it done because there ain't no such thing as perfect weather. Yeah. But if they watch every cloud close, they never harvest. So just as you can't understand the path of the wind or a mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, you can't understand the activity of God who's doing all of these things. Mm. And so you just have to do the best of it. There's five proverbs about farming. Uh, in a dry March and a wet April and a cool May, fill the barn and cellar and bring much hay. Uh, <laughs> a hive of bees in May is worth a load of hay. Uh. A lawsuit is a fruit tree planted in a lawyer's garden. I hadn't heard that one before, but I imagine there's a lot of truth to it. And a lazy man's farm is the breeding ground for snakes. Now, I'm not sure how that works, but uh -huh. apparently it's, uh, that's, they've got it in there. So, yeah. But well, there is a lot, lot of things. Yeah. Then, you know, yeah, there you go. No, there's a, a, a lot of it. I didn't realize there was this much quoting of the uh, 100. I've got 100 verses of farming from all things. Uh, wow. 
Timothy, it's a hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Exodus, for six years you shall sow your land and gather its yield, but the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat, and what they leave the beasts of the field may eat. You shall likewise do so with your vineyard and with your olive orchard. So there's a lot of different quotes in here about that. So. Yeah, yeah. One of the quotes that I found when I was trying to look up some of these questions about of uh, scriptures that had to do with uh, farming was that farming is a profession of hope. Mm. The act of holding close to a dream or an ambition is nothing new to farmers. Mm. They plant seeds and they hope that they will become seedlings and then mature into plants that we can savor and nourish our bodies. Yeah. And also... This one quote I thought was pretty good. A farmer said, I would rather be on my farm than be the emperor of the world. Mm. And to be a farmer is to be a student forever, for each day brings something new. And that's very true. Beautiful, beautiful quotes. Oh my gosh, and you have over a hundred of those. So, so beautiful, beautiful. All right. So, what does the Salina Diocese for Rural Life Committee do to encourage farmers? I heard you and and Father um, Logger talking about it yes. uh, during the break. So, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, we do quite a bit. For instance, uh, the Rural Life Commission has been uh, going here in the Diocese of Salina for several years, and. Uh, when Father Bishop Weisenberger was here, he had, uh, appointed me to be the moderator. So we have about uh, 12 or 14 members. We try and have at least two from each one of the deaneries, and there's four deaneries in the diocese, on the commission. We have, as a, a regular practice, we observe uh, St. Isidore's Day, which is May 15th, and we try and observe it on the day unless the May 15th is on a Sunday. Then we usually move it to Monday. And we move that each year to a different deanery so people can uh, don't have to drive. We have a large diocese, a very large diocese, and so we try and move it so everybody can participate. And so that's on May 15th. This year it will be in Concordia. And uh, one of the things, uh, Bishop Vinke will celebrate Mass at the this used to uh, the uh, Our Lady of Perpetual Help used to be the cathedral for the diocese. And then in uh, 1944, they moved it to Salina. So it's still a, a beautiful church. Um, so he will celebrate mass at 11 o'clock. Following that, we will have lunch. And then they've got uh, someone who's going to do an, a demonstration on soils and water. Mm. We will do a uh, tour of the mother house for mm-hmm. the Sisters of St. Joseph. And then we'll also get out and do a blessing of the flocks and the fields. Yeah. Uh, and those are pretty much the standard things that we do each year at St. Isidore's Day. Then in August, and this year will be August 13th, we have Rural Life Day. And this is where we observe and uh, congratulate the Century Farms, and we award them. They are named after uh, Monsignor uh, John George Weber who was uh, very prominent in the national rural life, but especially here in the Diocese of Salina. So if your family has lived on the farm, worked on a farm, or owned a farm for over 100 years, you're eligible for this. Mm-hmm. And this year it will be in the Western uh, Deanery, 
And I uh, haven't had a parish volunteer yet, so we may have to go to drafting someone to uh, host it. But uh, essentially, we around 3 in the afternoon, we get together. We have a few prayers. We have, uh, uh, sometimes we have a speaker, depending on how many farms we're recognizing. Because each farm, they're to come up, introduce their family, and then tell about five to six minutes of the history of their farm. And the stories are there are very remarkable. I thought granddad coming out and on a, uh, a horseback and homesteading in 1886 but practically all these century farms have some story to tell that is just remarkable yeah. um, and so anyway each one of them we present them with a little plaque and their the history of their farm or their story is published in the register so those are the two things that we've been consistent on all these years Lately here, we have uh, I've had a remarkable folks on the commission, and they've encouraged us to get further involved. So this year, in January, there was the uh, Soils University, and uh, it was held in January, and uh, we sponsored one of the speakers. The speaker we sponsored was uh, uh, Chris uh, Grocut. He was He's a veterinarian uh, who farms in... Uh, uh, northern Texas and his uh, talk was on water use and the aquifer recharging and he has it's a delicate balance but by his uh, rotation and the way he farms he has actually increased his uh, aquifer uh, over the years to what it was originally so there's a lot we can learn from because in northwest Kansas uh, irrigation is big but we can get by without irrigation most years. Southwest Kansas, they're a lot drier. They have to irrigate all the time. And we're all sharing the uh, Okalala water uh, aquifer. And so we have to watch it to make sure it doesn't go down too much because city of Hayes, everybody drinks from the aquifer. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's very important. And his talk was very good. We sponsored and we uh, paid for his presentation and uh, we're doing that again this next year uh, to the uh, uh, Soil University uh, uh, presentation uh, that was uh, published in the uh, Highland or High Plains Journal. Uh, and we also have an ad in the High Plains Journal about our uh, St. Isidore's Day. So we're kind of getting out. And so this is a way that we're improving the information by having the uh, St. Isidore's Day we occasionally have speakers, but it's mainly recognizing things in the actual community yeah. and uh, recognizing some of the farms there, as well as uh, agriculture. Uh, agriculture is the biggest industry in the world. Uh, there's uh, more people involved in that than you can probably think of uh, offhand. Uh, it's the largest single employer in the world. And there are 914 million acres of farmland in the United States and an average U.S. farmer can feed 155 people. So we're not only taking care of Americans, mm. we're feeding the world mm. as well. Mm. And that's very important. Yeah. Um, the, there's very many virtues. Uh, it's good for your health. It's a challenge. It's stimulating work. It's a source of income in rural areas because uh, a lot of places we don't have much industry yeah. now. In uh, northwest Kansas, we do have some industries that are agriculture-related. Yeah. But some areas, all they have is the farming, and it develops younger generations. Um, before I 
went to the priesthood, there was a young lady I was sure I was going to marry. God had other plans, and, of course, uh, he won out. But um, I told her uh, I wanted to come back to the farm because that's the place to raise kids. Well, she grew up in the city, so she wasn't too sold on that idea. But it is. You can teach all about life. You can be there right when a baby calf is born or or baby pigs or whatever. So you know a lot about life, and you see the benefits of it. You see the beautiful sunsets. You see the fields growing. You have a garden. All of these things that a lot of the people growing up in the city don't have, and they don't appreciate. And like you said, we are sharing in the creative work of God. So beautiful. We are so, so grateful for all the farmers out there. So we want to make sure we say a prayer for them. Father, could you um, say a prayer for farmers? Certainly. Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Lord will command the blessing on you and in your barns and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he also will reap. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. We have just about um, seven minutes left. So what else do we do? you want to share with us? Well, uh, I can give you some other little facts that I ran across while I was running all this down. Sure. Uh, Dr. Uh, Grocut, I missed his uh, presentation. This was in 2019 that he had the presentation. And the reason was, I remember it very well, uh, and also uh, part of it, uh, not necessarily his, his was this last January. But as far as uh, suicide in the farmers, when I was out at Sa- uh, Sacred Heart in, ha- in uh, Colby, we put on a space, and the ladies out there did a fantastic job of getting it organized, getting a speakers and there. We had four or five speakers. We had between 60 and 75 people come to it, and Colby's pretty far west. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to attend it because my brother uh, was in the hospital in Denver, so when I got back, it was pretty much over with. But, and, and he passed away in 2019. That's the reason I remember when they had that. Yeah. Uh, but... There was a lot of things that we can do. First of all, just recognizing that it is a problem Uh, and offering encouragement. Because a lot of times farmers are pretty independent people. And um, and whether it's a sin to be prideful, they take a little pride in that they – and so they don't like to share. But this is one thing that we have to recognize and share with them. Hey – we all get discouraged at times. This is no reason to really be down. The good Lord's watching over us. And there have been a few folks, I've encouraged them to go into the church and say a prayer and stay there until you feel better. Mm. Um, some of them I have to tell them you can go home now, but uh, that's beside <laughs> the point. So there are a lot of good things about farming. Um, Paul Harvey once had a God made a farmer, and God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn to milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, and then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. Mm. So God made a farmer. <laughs> when I was growing up, that was yeah. basically very, very true because yeah. uh, we did milk cows. We only had one or two cows that we milked, but that was for our own use. And we worked in the fields all day. And then my mom or my dad would go to a school board meeting at night. So that was just the way it is. And it's a wonderful way of life. 
uh, Bishop Vinke once, uh, not too long ago, sent me an article about a 130-year-old farm that spans three generations. And at the end of it, uh, I thanked him for it, and I said, it's a tough life, but it's mm-hmm. a very good life. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's basically how I feel about it today. It's a, it's a tough life, but yeah. it's a very, very good life. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. All right, so we are talking again with Father Richard Days. We only have, gosh, two minutes. So, Father, last thoughts that you'd like to share um, but, um, um, you know, last thought, and then if you will give your blessing, I will kneel down for that, and it'll go to all of us here as well as out for the, through the airwaves. Okay. Well, there are a lot of uh, agricultural ethics is often claimed that farming provo- promotes some very good character traits, self-reliance, fortitude, patriotism, and virtues such as diligence, ecological sensitivity, and patience. These are central to good agricultural practice. Mm. Uh, During World War II, a great number of the people of the greatest generation who reported and and joined the military to protect our country were from farms. And uh, they also, it uh, basically, when I was a commander, I always tried to find a farm, uh, one of the farm kids. And if something broke or went wrong, I had him fix it because he would figure out some way to fix it. Then I'd find my kid from the city and tell me, go get the part, and I never asked him where he got it from. But I needed both of those kids to really get me through. But that farm kid could always get something so we could get it working again. So that was very important. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm going to to let you, um, if you would, if you'll agree to, to give your blessing out through the airwaves. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we ask for your blessing and your guidance for all of our farmers and for all of uh, the Diocese of Salina. We are a rural diocese, and we depend on agriculture. So watch over us, Lord. Send us rain in due season. And I think it's due now, but that's just my opinion. Please watch over us, Lord. Bless us and guide us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Double-Edged Sword cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture. If you're a business or service that can underwrite this double-edged sword show, please know that your underwriting spot can run three times during the show, which runs five times a week. The cost for all five stations is a mere $250 per month. Interested? Call 785-621-4110. You're listening to the Network of Stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.